1: Gators breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Joining me here on the day after the 31-19 SEC East clinching win for the Gators, 31-19 victory over the Tennessee Volunteers. Joining me is Nick Deletore from the newly announced gators territory for for nick so nick i i won't i won't bury the lead a little bit if people aren't on twitter they may not have seen your announcement yesterday but uh go ahead go ahead and then let our gators breakdown listeners know uh what's what's new on the uh on the
0: front for you i have a, a i have a shorter lower third than you that's what i have now <laughs> uh with the twitter change and then and then uh the new company yeah after eight years of gator country um uh, moved over to rivals and excited to join Corey Bender and, and the team he's got over there. And uh, um, yeah, it, the only thing that changes for anyone that, that follows me is the links take you somewhere else. You know, it's still the same me and, and, and the and, uh, same sarcasm and all that stuff. So just uh, links take you somewhere else now. And if you want to interact on the message board it's a different message board.
1: There we go. There we go. So good stuff there. Uh, Corey, uh, those guys there do a great, great job. So looking forward to uh, your continued content, get G- continued Gator content uh, there with kind of the, uh, the shuffling of Gator media right now. <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, good, some good stuff out there happening uh, there for everybody who follows uh, all the, all the beat writers, all the Gator coverage out there. Uh, but uh, Nick on Sunday here on Gators breakdown. And we, as we look back at this Florida victory over Tennessee and, We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, Nick, another slow start uh, for, uh, for the Gators. Another, I mean, we're, we're going to keep using ho-hum, I guess, because we know Dan Mullen likes, to, likes the term. We'll, we'll we'll use it a little bit there, but um, we'll get into it. We'll get into it, of course, like we do every Sunday. But before we do, remember, you can find Gators Breakdown on news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. You'll find all the Gators Breakdown episodes there, as well as News 4 Jack's coverage of the Gators. Please share, rate, and review the show on YouTube. Hit that like button right now. Hit that subscribe button. Really helps us out. Or if you, or if you just want the audio version, to go version. If you're on the go, check us out on your favorite podcast platform and follow Gators Breakdown on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook at Gators Breakdown. So. Nick, probably, definitely an overall inconsistent performance, much like we've seen the last couple weeks since the Georgia game, since the Arkansas game, those back-to-back performances there uh, where the offense was just high-flying all over the field. Um, You can point to some good things. You can point to some bad things. uh, But we're having this discussion after Florida gets their eighth win of the season, the win that gives them the SEC East for the first time since 2016. Um, Look, viewpoints. Perspective is is going to be different for everybody out there, every fan, every media member. Everybody's going to choose to look at this one way or another. But in the grand scheme of things, overall, not looking at the game itself, just kind of adding everything up. Big accomplishment! Big accomplishment
0: for the Gators to win the East right now. I, I saw you on Twitter say that you were going to enjoy it. Are you enjoying it? I'm enjoying it. I am. I mean, uh, hey, I'm having back, I'm having
1: some back and forth with some, with some fans in in uh-huh. good in good hearting, but I'm enjoying. It. I, I am. I'm glad. I'm glad to, I mean, look. First of all, your SEC East champs, Georgia's not. That's I mean, That's just, you know, th- that's the best part about it.
0: Now, I think the best part about it is that you're not hanging up uh, Jim McElwain SEC East champion banners in, in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. What a loser <laughs> thing to do! Um, and I love Dan Danone's mentality. He was like, the only reason. Our goal every year is to win the East is because that's what we can control. We can't control winning the SEC championship game without winning the East, because you're not going to get there without winning the East. He goes, Now that we've secured that first goal, now we're on to the next one. So yeah, there's no no banners going up. I'm not happy. You know, I mean, maybe I would expect Dan Mullen and his coaching staff, you know, we're at 2 30 right now on Sunday. They've already ceased the celebration and have started, you know, getting ready for LSU. And if not only LSU getting ready for Alabama as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, and part of it's because I like, look, that was not only for Florida. I mean, look, Florida expects it anyway, but you, you got realistic expectations out there. First mm-hmm. of all, you know this was the year when Dan Long was hired. Everybody was kind of pointing to this was the year before the season started, right before the season when preseason polls were coming out and, yeah. and SEC media members predictions. This was the year Florida was predicted to, to, to go out there and, and finally win the East over Georgia would, you know, first time Dan Mullen is supposed to do it here as Gators head coach. And you did it. So, you know, expectations have a lot to do with it. And they lived up to the expectation.
0: No, just lucky that JT Daniels wasn't playing. I think that's <laughs> you know, probably the only reason Ford is, you know, even, even getting a chance to get to play against Alabama, um, you know, or if Newman would have stayed, you know, probably a whole different story. Uh, Kyle Trask would be in the Heisman race. That's for sure. They were already, they were already, you know, given one of the two Georgia quarterbacks, the Heisman. Um, Nick, for me, you may have to
1: explain you were joking there a little bit because people no, may joking. Yeah, joking. Sorry. <laughs>
0: uh, no, there, there it is. New UGA Homer Nick <laughs> Um No, but I think I think there's. I, I can see both perspectives. One, yeah. you should be happy because this is the trajectory of the program. But I remember uh, when Jim McLean went his first year, and it was it was my thought process was, and I wrote, "Hey, you're here early. You shouldn't you shouldn't be here yet." Um, and, and then when Florida lost Alabama in the SC championship that year, I thought, okay, well now, you know, how far away you are. And then when they got railroaded the next year, it was okay. Well, this is not going in the right direction, but like, like you just said, I think this is where you expected to be in year 300 Dan Mullen. Um, this is where you expected to be before the season. I picked Florida to win the East, um, I can't remember if the media digs. It was a, you know, weird. They did. A, I did see it, somebody, media.
1: somebody posted it yesterday, but it, Florida was picked.
0: Yeah. Um, that, that, that was part of my vote. Um, but we're not usually right. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, this is, this is where you should be. And, and if I'm a fan, like, listen, um, a, as a writer, I look at Alabama and I'm thinking like, Hey, that's the boogeyman that you were worried about under the bed when you were growing up, like they are big and they are scary. But as a fan, you don't have to draw Bex's nose, you don't have to game plan, you don't have to line up against Devonta Smith. You know, just enjoy it and, and celebrate it. Worry about Alabama, you know, on the 19th, and and uh, and leave the worrying until then up to up to Dan Moan and his coaching staff. But right now, your SEC's champions, like you said, Georgia's not. Tennessee might be hiring a new coach, you know, South South Carolina's hiring a new coach, FSU's a dumpster fire. Um, there's a lot of worse places you could be uh, as a fan right now than the games of Florida.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll get into how Florida got there and captured the SEC East over Tennessee. And Nick, we'll start at, the course, the, the most important position on the field and probably the storyline of the game. Uh, either way, Kyle Trask, with no help from the running game, of course, got Kyle Trask, another big stat game. Yes, he missed some reads. Yes, he missed some throws. Looked uncomfortable at times. Still had a really, really good day making throws in the tight windows, displaying touch and zip when needed for the most part. Nick, he accounted for 433 yards of the Gators' 452 total yards. Uh, There, add four touchdowns to that with eight different players getting receptions. Look, teams are playing to stop this passing game, making trash play patient, pick them apart, dropping guys in the coverage. You can tell it's having an effect, but not to the point where this offense still isn't putting up numbers. Numbers aren't necessarily translating to as many points right now, but Trask is putting this team in position still.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's still incredibly because Florida, it's not that they, I mean, I want to say it's not, I was going to say it's not that they couldn't run against, um, you know, uh, against Tennessee, but they, they didn't try, but, no, they they also couldn't. I mean, you look at Damian Pierce, five carries for five yards. Naquan Wright, four for two. Um, he also put it on the ground, if I'm remembering correctly. I think Florida got it, but he, he yeah. put it on the ground. And Malik Davis, two attempts for no yards. So, you're running oh, backs his, right his, there. His
1: knee, was, his knee was down on the plate. That's his knee was. was down. That's yeah. what it is.
0: Um, so, I mean, 11 carries, seven yards from your running backs. You, you know, you get a, a Tony seven-yard carry and a Copeland 17-yard rush on the end around. Uh, but, yeah, you couldn't run the ball against Tennessee, and it didn't matter. Um, you know, Kyle Trask having a, a prolific day. And, and I think what what happened, I mean, you get a Tennessee player, I can't remember which one it was, coming out and saying, they're padding Kyle's stats. And I'm like, you you don't follow Gator Twitter very much. <laughs> but, no, it's, it's – Henry it's, to O. It should have been a credit to Tennessee. Florida, they shut down the run. They did not allow Florida to run the ball. If you didn't want them to throw the, pass. the ball – While playing the pass if you didn't want them to throw the ball, you should cover the middle of the field, <laughs> which was wide open all day long. You know, it's Dan Mullen's going to find, listen, if, if, if Alabama comes out and can't stop Florida's run for whatever reason, Dan will run it 60 times against Alabama. Um, yeah. If it's working and, and the pass was working because Tennessee couldn't cover Florida. And, and for me, if you have a really, really good passing game, you're wasting plays when you're not using that passing game.
1: Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. And, um, Uh, just kind of the the theme for me, the theme for this offense, too. Uh, Look, Pitts had two targets in the first quarter before catching his first pass in the second quarter. He had two catches at halftime and then finished the game with seven catches for 128 yards. No touchdowns in this game, but was still making a difference, had that 42-yard catch and run. Kadarius Toney showed up early and often, eight catches, 108 yards in the touchdown, six catches for him in the first half. Tony and Pitts basically switched halves of production, and, then, and that's the beauty of this offense, Nick. Um, just kind of, you know, I'm sure Tennessee made adjustments, you know, to take away Tony at halftime since he had a great first half, but only for Pitts to go off in the second half. Grimes added six catches for two touchdowns, while Copeland added three catches for you know three catches for a beautiful throw by Trask for another touchdown in the back of that end zone. Laser throw there by Trask. Copeland, you know, could have had one more catch and touchdown (laughs) if Grimes is still the one touchdown from him. There were some drops along the way, but overall, a a really nice day for the main core
0: wide receivers there. I mean, that's the beauty of this Florida offense. You can say, hey, we're going to take away Kyle Pitts and listen, Georgia took away Kyle Pitts for two games with, with, you know, with a a targeting hit and it didn't matter. You just found other weapons And, and you take away Kyle Pitts and, um, and bracket him or double team him. Now, Kadarius Tony's in one-on-one. Okay, well, let's just shade a, a shade of safety over towards Kyle, not double him, and then we have linebacker and a nickelback looking at Tony. And, okay, now Trayvon Grimes is going gonna, is gonna to catch passes. There's just so many weapons. Um, it, it's, you know, uh, the old saying, probably tired saying, you know, pick your poison, but uh, there's just too many guys on, on Florida's offense right now. And, and, and the, really the motor that keeps it all going is Kyle Trask because – one of the big knocks I had on Felipe Franks was just trying to win the game on his own um, and trying to do too much. And you said it earlier, Dave, Trask is not afraid. He'll, he'll check down and check down and check down. If you're going to give me seven yards and i check down to the running back, I'll take it. You know, and, you know, sooner or later we're going to be across the 50 and we're going to be getting close. Um, he doesn't force things. Um, force one to pits in, in triple coverage. Can't blame him. I'd do the same. Um, but – for the most part, he makes the right decisions. And that's what makes Florida dangerous. Cause yes, you, you could have all the weapons in the world, but if you're not going to use it and, and take what the defense gives you, you're going to start turning the ball over and you're not going to have, you know, the kind of offense that we're seeing from Florida right now.
1: Yeah. Nick, I want to go hit the, hit the run game again. Just kind of repeat a lot of what you said. Copeland had the longest run of the day, 17 yards, Tony the next longest with a seven yard run. Both of those guys would one carry a piece there. Damian no, Pierce. No five, no
0: explosives for you this week. No Dave. explosives.
1: Not even close, Nick. Not even close. <laughs> Damian, <laughs> Damian Pierce, five carries, five yards, with a long of four yards. Right, four carries and two yards, longest run of two. Malik Davis, two carries, zero yards, with a long of two. That's that's putrid. You know, there, there, there's no push up front. <laughs> this 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 run game is. Here, here's the thing that I, Dave, I, I. I can't
0: tell if you're actually enjoying this. I think I think you're actually enjoying what, what, the no
1: what, explosives. What did I say? What, what did I say? Overall, overall, I'm, I'm happy. I'm you know looking looking at this particular game and kind of you know some trends here. But Nick, that's I mean that's kind of what it is. But this run game's taking steps back. You know since the the, the georgia game and, and the arkansas game uh the last few weeks you know this one being a huge step back and you know it didn't matter if they ran left it didn't matter if they ran right mm-hmm. gators couldn't run you saw wide receivers get carries and, and the screen game used more to me looking a lot like last season hey look run game's not working i think we you know we saw the screen pass probably a bit more in this game than we have um, and, and other games of the season, you know, just to make up for a lack of traditional run game, much like we did see, like like I said, like we saw uh, last year a bit. But um it, it is worrisome that I think, you know, as I said, I credit the staff, and I, and I was having a conversation on Twitter today. I do credit the staff for not, you know, not being so stubborn to where they just kept running the ball, right? Look, look, and look, okay. We, and I know we'll go to some play selection here uh, looking back at the game too, but Florida's and the staff knew their best path to scoring points was was passing the ball. Yes. There were a couple of instances where they ran back to back plays and, and it put Florida in some third down situations that they still converted in a way. Uh, but you know, it's, uh, we had so much high hopes for this run game coming into the season. They were taking steps had a really i thought pretty good performance versus Georgia and Arkansas then the last three games against teams who have dropped a lot of guys into coverage and you still can't run the ball
0: yeah that's to me I mean, obviously there's way more technical stuff that goes into it but to yep. me running the ball is just hey beat them beat the guy in front of you there's a lot you know there's a lot of footwork and finesse that can come into you know pass blocking and you should take pride in it too um but we used to ask, you know, I remember we asked all the offensive linemen when it was like the old school Florida LSU games, like, hey, you know, or the mm-hmm. old school Florida Georgia games. And, hey, the team that runs the ball best is going to win. Do you love to hear that as an offensive lineman? They go, yeah, pass blocking is cool. But if you're just telling me to move somebody, to move another human being backwards, like that's what gets me up in the morning. And I just don't I'm not seeing that from Florida. And you expect to see it from guy like Stone. Stone Forsett's had a great year. Um, by all accounts, and probably helping himself out in terms of getting drafted. Um, need to see more from everyone across the line, from Stone all the way, um, Garage and Heggie and, and Reese and and Gene DeLance. I'm sure we'll be talking about him soon. Um, but, yeah, there's just – it's probably why I asked Dan Mullen about it yesterday because I thought – the last three games for you, really, you could be using to try and get different combinations of offensive linemen and mm-hmm. to try and figure out something. But it, it, Dan Mullen made it clear. This is the offensive line, um, and we, we're not privy to watching practice. So, you know, if this is the best five they have and and you trust Dan Mullen as a football coach, that, that's what he's saying. This is the best five they have, and this is the best options they have. But like you said, I think that there has been regression. Um, in, in the running game, towards you know what we're seeing, you know, what we saw last year, which is why Michael Pirine was so important because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, so yeah, and listen, if Florida's passing game can continue to be this prolific, just use a short, you know, intermediate screen passing attack as your running attack. Because if you're going to get 11 yards from your running backs a game, just do something else. Don't bang your head against the wall trying to force it.
1: Yeah, there you go. I just don't want to force it. My my whole thing's kind of just been the, the theme of the running game for me this whole season is just be, just be able to run it when you need to run it. You know, mm-hmm. don't necessarily make it the focus of the offense, but when it's third and two, there needs to be a belief you can go out there and pick up third and two on the ground. Mm-hmm.
0: And I thought not, I thought has done a, a good enough job this year of running just enough to keep teams honest. Yeah. Nobody's going to point to this team and be like, Hey, they can really run the ball, but they haven't made themselves completely one-dimensional yet. And I said that last year. I said last year, like, hey, Florida makes themselves one-dimensional. I haven't gotten to that point this year. They were certainly one-dimensional Saturday in Knoxville, and it didn't matter because that's a really bad Tennessee team. Um, but that's probably the first time, and maybe I'm, I'm misremembering or, or forgetting one, but that's probably the first time I thought Florida made themselves one-dimensional um, because, one, the running, running game wasn't working, and then they just abandoned it and said, right, it's not working, throw it out. Cut cut the running half of the, of the play sheet off, and, and let's just let's start throwing the ball.
1: Perfect segue, Nick. There's, look, Tennessee takes a 7-3 lead. So what does, what, what does Mullen and company draw up? Six plays, all passes. Florida marches 75 yards They take a 10-7 lead. Trask goes 5-6 six for 64 yards. Then another drive when Florida's up 24-7. Mullen dialed it up again. Six plays, 86 yards, all passes, all on first down. <laughs> Converted... A first down every time, twelve yards, thirteen yards, fourteen yards, fourteen yards, twenty-one yards, twelve yards on the touchdown drive. to Copeland, you know, Trask was able to make up for the run game, putting, putting, you know, putting the team in some bad situations. He was able to get them out of it there. And there were a few times Florida ran back to back on first and second down, setting up a third and long. There was a third and six; the pass was completed for twenty-three yards. Another run, run. There was a third and ten; Trask was for twenty-two. Another run-run scenario, gaining very little uh, and, and setting up a third and nine that wasn't complete. So there were a few times, like as I said, they ran back-to-back run plays on first and second down. Florida converted two, two out of those three third downs in that situation. So Trask you know, did do well in that scenario, but when the mindset of this offense was pass-heavy, he made it look easy.
0: Yeah, the, I mean, the average distance uh, on third down to go for Florida was eight. Um, I mean, you know, on Florida was converted three of six on you know third and nine, nine or nine or more. Um, but why are you even in those situations? You know, and you use that running game to just your coach it all the time use the running game just to stay ahead of the sticks, to stay ahead of the flag, And, and that means just to get three yards on first down, get a couple, get three four yards on first down, get three four yards on second. Now you're you're in a situation at third and two, playbooks open when you're third and eight, third and nine. You, you know like I said before play sheets cut in half you know you're only throwing the ball and credit to Trask for um for doing that but yeah it, it's going to be interesting because you, you should be able to run against LSU next week and, and will we see Dan Mullen and this staff come out and do kind of what Alabama did against that LSU and just throw the ball over the field and and you know let Mac Jones you know get 400 yards in the first half against LSU you try to let Kyle Trask throw all over the place or do you try to, you know, establish the run against an LSU team that can't really do anything just to kind of get some confidence going for your guys heading in. And and I know a lot of people are saying LSU is a trap game and, and this and that. And I mean, like it's, it's not because you're already, you already clinched the East. If you want to go to the SC, or if you want to go to more than the SC championship, you're going to go to a national championship, then you have to win out. Um, Maybe a trap game in that sense, but I think you listen right now. You're trying to win an SEC championship. LSU can't do anything to stop you from winning an SEC championship. Whether you you win that game or lose, so I don't think it's a trap game, but I think it is a game you need to start using as you know almost a, uh, a, a get ready game for Alabama.
1: One more, Nick Gator should have had another touchdown. I think the mm-hmm. uh, the will routes <laughs> the, the league, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I and I loved your tweet there. Uh, Xavier Henderson is the only person that can stop a wheel route. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Uh, like, actually, hey, I, listen, if you're gonna call if you're gonna call pick plays, Alabama would have an extra championship because Clemson threw a nasty pick play in the end zone that 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 won them a that championship against Alabama a couple of years back. So that's yeah. just a play that doesn't get called consistently. And if I get it, it happens get all the why, time.
1: Yeah, and I get. I guess I get why they called it, but I mean I've seen. Ten times worse than that, and Henderson did continue to run his route. uh, You know, after that, wasn't like a he stopped and, and chucked the guy, and then you know tried to hold a block the whole time. So, man, I, I don't know. I, you know. Maybe the orange and blue glasses in me say it shouldn't. It shouldn't well, be called it's
0: funny because they probably call it because he runs into his defenders right. like that, you know, with his with his arms up. But that's also just a natural human instinct.ly like If you and right. I were running, you know, at the superior athletes that we are, if we were running <laughs> at each other, we're probably going to, you know, brace for impact, right? Um, so. That that's tough, you know. If you don't
1: do that, just another I mean, thing. The play was so good, the play design was so good, it wasn't it wasn't even needed.
0: But no, it did happen. he could he could have just he could have just like NBA flopped on the ground. It <laughs> wouldn't have mattered. Um, yeah, yeah. So that that's that that one was tough, and Maliko want that one back because you know other than that it didn't didn't do much on the day, and uh, it's always nice when you kind of can just jog into the end zone.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you know that's kind of what we we're saying. The inconsistent day. They all really should have had more points. Mullen even said it. After the game, and he pointed it out that this was probably the game of the season where they left the most points on the field. Uh, and you you got that feeling of it watching it as well. You know, Fire probably should have had seventeen more points on the field.
0: He, I mean, for a coach who is in his thirteenth or twelfth year as a head coach in the SEC. To get to his first SEC championship game as a head coach, he's been there with Florida as an offensive coordinator. He looked like his dog died yesterday. You, you were on the Zoom call. He yeah. he looked he looked not even like he just looked like sad, <laughs> like, like he was not happy. And we're just sitting there and like the first couple of questions were like, "Hey, coach, congratulations!" Like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." I think he got
1: a. I think he's got a, the the feeling of the fan base a little bit. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he was happy with the performance.
0: No, no, he certainly didn't look happy with the performance. Uh, no. I think he might have had two Bud Light limes, and then and then was right <laughs> back at it, and then uh, that was his celebration, and then right back at it.
1: Uh, in the locker room or on the on, on
0: the plane back, <laughs> maybe on the, uh, maybe maybe two in both. I don't know. Did he cheer us, your anthem? I I I I don't think so. <laughs> And, man, like, what is Florida doing giving up points? Now we'll get to the defense. What are you doing giving up points and drives at the end of this game? Well, that's where we're going. Uh, yeah. Six plays, 86 yards. What are you doing? This stuff...
1: Yeah, that was – uh, you know, gave up one drive when the game was competitive. So we'll give them some credit there. Uh, anyway, th- this is probably the biggest viewpoint of how you want to gauge where the team is, where the defense is, because it was garbage time. But – I just did not like the effort that I saw out there on, uh, on that, on, uh, on the, the the late garbage time touchdowns by Tennessee. You know, gave up one drive when the game was competitive. After that touchdown drive, and before what you might consider garbage time when Tennessee uh, put up two late scores, you know, when Florida was up mm-hmm. 31-7, Tennessee had seven drives down, uh, failure of downs, punt, half, you know, four more straight punts for 67 yards after that. Florida only allowed one score uh, from the Volunteers in the first 54-and-a-half minutes of the game. After the Gators were up 31-7, to seven, defense pretty much prevent mode, uh, not allowing, you know, big plays. Um, and But Tennessee did put up 190 of their 334 yards in that scenario. Drives took up a lot of time, Nick, uh, and yards as they were backed up on those drives. There was some good pressure at times. We'll get into that, Nick. Uh, Trey Dean played his best game of the season with more playing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, you know, this scenario in how Florida was able to control the game pretty early on with defense versus getting given up some late drives, it's really how dependent on you as a fan and as an analyst of how you view this performance for how satisfied you'll be uh, with, with the Gators walked out, of that, walked out of that stadium with a victory.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I'm satisfied with the way they've looked the last three weeks, really. Um, And and as much as people say, or as much as people in the program say, you know, this season wasn't about beating Georgia, and that wasn't the only goal, the team that we saw in Jacksonville is not the team we've seen the last three weeks. Mm -mm. Uh, And and listen, it's human nature. It's natural just to – Whew, you got that monkey off your back, and it's okay. Well, we've worked so hard. Like, now we've got Vandy, and you take a week, take a week off, but then that should be your wake-up call. And then that should have been like, okay, that's not who we are, who we want to be. Turn around next week against a bad Kentucky team. Don't do it. Okay, well, it's Tennessee. It's a rival. Um, let's go up there and score 50 and get and, you know, win 50 and nothing. 31-19 is not a bad win, but – um, you know, we've already talked about the, the offensive stuff. I mean, listen, like you just said, um, you know, after the half, one, two, three, four straight punts, but then you know the the two touchdowns at the end, kind of, just, it just leaves like a bad taste in your mouth. Like this could have been, you know, a, a, a huge blowout, and and you're left with a 31 19 win, which is fine, but not what anyone expected, and I think it's just not meeting the expectations is kind of where. Uh, where, where we've been left the last three weeks.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, like I said, you know, there, there are so many viewpoints uh, of how to do this performance. And part of it is, you know, look, uh, Eric Gray for Tennessee, 64 total yards and averaging 8.2 yards a touch at halftime. Buckled down a bit on him. Uh, he ended the game 93 yards, averaging 5.3 yards a touch. Um, Gators led the uh, some some superlatives here. Uh, Nick Gators uh, led the SEC in sacks coming in today, tied with Georgia um, and produced six more sacks versus Tennessee Miller, Dean, Carter, Bernie, Bogle, human, Melan all with a sack eight tackles for loss on the day for the Gators. And, and all depending on how you choose the how do you had to choose to view the fourth quarter, Florida held a 351 to 173 yard edge through three quarters. The Vols were three of 11 on third down and average three and a half yards per play, uh, before uh, the fourth quarter there. Tennessee gained 161 yards in the fourth quarter, averaging six yards a play. Said so little prevent defense, getting some other guys uh, some experience. But, I mean, Nick, the, the, the front could not get off blocks. They couldn't tackle <laughs> there. Uh, the one touchdown for Tennessee, there were, I think, four or five broken tackles there uh, for, from the running back. But here's my thing, Nick. More disappointing than giving up garbage yards and effort that I saw you were playing a true freshman quarterback mm-hmm. who had a freshman center then you played a backup quarterback you forced no turnovers in the, in those scenarios when Bailey had two picks on the season in very little playing time uh there, there for Tennessee so in in my look Florida didn't necessarily need to bring a whole lot of, or manufacture a whole lot of pressure by bringing the blitz cuz early on in the game the defensive front was getting back there they Right. Settled down. They settled down a bit, and you you saw some more pressure. But I think if you would have blitzed a bit more, bringing pressure up the middle, you probably would have got some more turnovers there. But I think just in who you were playing and, and the situation Tennessee was in, I thought you probably could have forced a couple turnovers there.
0: Yeah, um, I, I driving into the driving into the stadium. Um, they were talking about uh, I think it was the Tennessee the Tennessee guys the guys that do the game call um we're saying you know Todd Grantham's not gonna blitz he's gonna you know do this and like you crazy Todd Grantham will blitz you know anyone everyone um so I thought you know coming in the game we'd see more blitzing like you said you mm-hmm. didn't really need to in the beginning um but then there at the end maybe just like start dialing some of that stuff up but you don't need to and we, I, we just hear it's a lot a of things from- yeah, just, just to wake the guys up. You know, yeah. if you, you if you're in base and base and base and say hey, these games aren't really competitive, these guys stink, like I'm not gonna give full effort and it'll be fine. You get a blitz call for you, your eyes perk up, you're like, ooh, here we go, we're good now. Now I'm now I'm awake. It's just a change in the play calling. I think they get into the at least a lot of times this year, they play and and to take the M.O.N.'s words, we're playing the game as much as we're playing the opponent and we're playing the situation and we're playing the clock. And it's just like, just go full throttle for 60 minutes. You, you're, you, you stress like strain and, and, and working and relentless efforts. Like do that for 60 minutes and see what happens at the end of the game. Instead of being like, okay, we're up 18 points in the third quarter. Let's have a nice long drive here. We get seven. Now we're up and, and then we'll just sit on it. And it's just like, Oh, I think that's where more- we're Right. And there's,
1: and there's plenty of time to look at Florida, Alabama, but I want to look at it overall. And, and just that point that you're making, can you just flip the switch to turn it back on? And that, right. that's, that's where my worry comes from. If you are playing the game, if you are trying to run the clock out, or if you are trying to make the opposing offense drive 80 yards and make them take six minutes to do it, just cause you'll know clock, time will run out and you, you'll win the game. Okay. But, you know, as I said, you know, blitz and all that stuff just to be just for the mindset of being aggressive because if you if you don't in the same way on offense can you just flip the switch to turn it all back on oh
0: yeah i don't think so and listen there's going to be a point Floor, when was last time Florida was down was it were they ever down in in jacksonville
1: yeah remember 14 nothing georgia
0: yeah no, that's right just kidding yeah that was a quick 14 right <laughs> um and then down, be-
1: they were down 10 10 3 10 or 7 3 to tennessee
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, fr- I'm, fried from, I'm fried from travel. You're going to be down against against Alabama. And, and but no, I know, I, mean, I know
1: what you mean, like down yeah. to the point of where the game was in doubt.
0: Yeah, you're going to be down to the point where the game is in doubt, and can you flip on that aggression? Like you haven't had to really play with a sustained aggression against your last three opponents. You're not going to have to against LSU. Um, all week, you're going to hear Dan Mullen say, we're playing the defending national champions. False. They wear the same jerseys. That is not the same team. This is. There's no
1: such thing as a defending national champion. No. you are a different no. team every year. It's not boxing. You're not. You're not the same person.
0: No, this is like Space Jam when the Monstars lost <laughs> and they all shrunk down into the into the uniforms. And was saw, you
1: know, saw the Only four players played That's last year. Left.
0: Yeah, it, it, players just- last year in the national championship game. It's just Coach O and, and four guys, and that'd be fine if it was a basketball team coming back, but it's football, I and mean, you need a lot more than that. Yeah, these this is a shell of the L- – LSU ran up a nice, big, hefty tab. They had a beautiful 2019 season. They had steak. They had all the fixings. They had all the appetizers, all the sides, and then somebody came. And they're like, hey, man, here's that bill for 2019. And each week they're like, all right, well, let's chip off a little bit of that bill Get hit in the face, and now Florida gets a its chance to 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 bring the bill to LSU's table this week. But don't listen to Dan when he says we're playing the defending national championship. They're a really good football team. They're not.
1: Yeah, the, and there might be some hope there. The players will be up to, up for this game because Kyrie Campbell did already tweet. It was about an hour or so ago. He retweeted um, the video of LSU fans doing the Gator Chomp leaving LSU Stadium last year, and he goes, "Oh, we didn't forget." So at least the day after Tennessee and six days before you play LSU, there if you want to take what you see on social media with any grain of salt, that the um, players seem to be up for the game in some fashion. Uh, there, so
0: would like you? Seeing that. Would you be in favor of um, <clears throat> the SEC going the ACC route and just canceling <sighs> this week for Alabama and for Florida? You get a really, good rest, and you're healthy, and you're energized for, for next week. It's already clinched.
1: Yeah, but if Florida had played better in Jacksonville the last two years with that bye week, I'd say yes, but I haven't seen much to where Florida's taking advantage of a bye week under Dan Mullen to say that they can go out there and, and figure something out. I, I'd rather – I guess I'd rather them try and figure it out versus LSU than trying to figure it out. Uh, during the bye week, but I also think it, it. On the other side of that, it could help the defense. That bye week that you didn't get in the middle of the season when you wanted a little bit of experimentation with the defense. If you don't play LSU Saturday, you might get a chance to do that. If the SEC decided to do that, so I I, I go back and forth. I probably lean playing the game though because I, I I think if the off if if Florida had put up 60 points the last couple of weeks and you saw the offense in sync and everything's looking good then i'd say okay i can handle the bye week but i still think with the struggles that i see out there i'd rather have try and figure it out during a game than during the bye week
0: yeah i say play it and for both reasons for the the same reason you said because we've seen a couple of struggles but for me if, if florida had scored you know 180 points the last three weeks don't Put that offense on the shelf. Don't let them get any dust. You just put some oil into that thing, throw it out there on Saturday. We'll oil it back up and wash the car after the game on Sunday. Don't worry about it. But for me, I think it's listen for for all the also for everything that these guys have you know gone through and just with COVID and 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 having this entire season is, is so weird and. Um, for the seniors, not you know, this is not what they planned on going out as you know, not playing in front of any fans. We're gonna have a senior day on Saturday. That's another thing is that Florida, if you if they were to cancel it now, Florida wouldn't have had any kind of senior day. Um, I don't know what they're gonna be able to do, um, on Saturday, um, for senior day, but um, for me, it's, it's just an opportunity for them to go out, play a team that for I think for them, you know. We're older. We think of Tennessee and Georgia as rivals. If you get a little bit older than us, people will start saying Auburn. I think for the guys on the team, if you're talking about in terms of competitiveness and, and the way the game's been going, there's probably a bunch of guys on, in the locker room that'll say LSU's our biggest rival. Yep. Uh, and fans might not want to hear that. But in terms of where the rivalry has gone, especially since Hurricane Matthew, I think there's a lot of guys, like you said, Kyrie, that want to play this game. Um, and then you just gotta hope to get out without any injuries. I'll just hit some wood. Don't blame me if anything happens. I, I heard the words like coming into my brain, and as they came out, like no, don't say that. <laughs> um.
1: And another thing, kind of, kind of extending your point there, I want to see one more game with Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts, yeah, and Darius Tony together. You know, it, they are fun to watch. It is a fun offense to watch. Part of Watching the sports, part of being a fan is, is having fun watching your team. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll get one more chance Saturday. You'll get one more chance when Florida comes out of that tunnel playing yeah. the LSU. Uh, so that, that that's another thing. I, I I do want to see this team play again.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. Um, I I, I like that. Don't rob. I I want You know, I want to taking the. Don't rob the players of another opportunity to play. Um, you know, Kadarius Tony, Kyle Trask, Trayvon Grimes, um, Kyle Pitts. These guys. Have, despite Kyle Pitts saying before Georgia, he's like, this isn't necessarily my last Florida-Georgia game. Okay, buddy. Um, You know, this is – Nobody's
1: going to blame you, buddy, for what they're going to (laughs) do. No, 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 no.
0: They've got very limited opportunities. And listen, if they they weren't to play LSU, then you have maybe only two more opportunities as a player to put that helmet on, to put that jersey on. Um, And you've already had games ripped out of this season. So, for me, if I'm a player, I want to play – uh, every game possible. And if you want to add a game on to, to the end of the schedule and, and after a bowl game, sure. Give me another game.
1: All right, Nick, let's get into uh, some tweets here. And these tweets are kind of going to hit all over the place. Uh, oh, there we go. I was just waiting for this under the lights in the swamp. There we go, Nick night game.
0: Seven I, I love my night games.
1: There we go. Seven o'clock ESPN, Florida and LSU on Saturday. So I figured it would come out while we were here on the podcast. Uh, repeat one more time game versus LSU. So actually uh, the conversation we just had, so it fits they're going, they are going to play <laughs> and, uh, yeah. seven o'clock at night on ESPN. That is Florida and L S U. So let's get into, uh, yeah, they pulled up Twitter at the right moment there. that couldn't work yeah. out any better. Um, so, as like I said, these tweets are going to hit all over the place. Kind of some are wide scope. Some are just looking at the game versus Tennessee here. Um, Alec uh, uh, Bennett here with a good perspective. He goes, two weeks before the Georgia game, watching the whole timeline was freaking out watching Georgia versus Bama because we didn't stand a chance. <laughs> Florida blows out Georgia, you know, just a couple of weeks later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, let, let things play out. Let things play out. Uh, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Uh, Jeremy uh, J. White, 3175, says, Florida needs to show it can play a complete football game. So many mistakes leaving points on the yeah. field lack of urgency on the defensive side of the ball. LSU, final tune-up game, they need to be ready to play four quarters on both sides of the ball. Nick, I'll raise that question to you. If Florida looks like they have the past three weeks, does it dampen your expectation for Atlanta? Or, but compare that to a... Very Bama-like performance versus LSU that we saw on Saturday night. If Florida goes out there and does that, do you feel better, or does it? Do you really just kind of feel the same no matter what Florida does versus LSU? Uh, I
0: I just don't think Florida will look like that against LSU. Like there's there was more there was more than just Alabama being very good that went into that. Like Nick Saban. Somehow got into his players heads like this is a revenge game and like mm-hmm. we've been disrespected and they disrespect us like no you lost a football game like one of 12 football games you've lost in 15 years like yeah no it's okay you're gonna lose football games eventually so I think there was there was some revenge going on like Florida yes you lost to LSU last year. Really tight game, close game, but you weren't going to go to a national championship. L- LSU, Alabama, uh, or Alabama had national championship aspirations before losing to LSU, so they were taking out some some deep seated demons. And I think you got had guys like Najee Harris and Devonta Smith come back to school to play in that game and to get another chance at a national championship. So I think that I think that played into it more. Um, but we've already seen Florida not handle Kentucky the way that Alabama handled Kentucky. I don't expect Florida to handle LSU the way Alabama did. Um, Alabama's – they're just – they're mean. They're big. They're nasty. They're mean. I don't – I don't think – I don't think Florida's as good as Alabama is um, on defense or on the offensive line, and Mm -hmm. I won't predict Florida to win that game – but I do trust Dan Mullen. I don't think Florida's going to get run out of Atlanta. I don't think they're going to get blown out. I trust mm-hmm. this coaching staff to have a good game plan, um, and, and I think they'll keep it close. And listen, with with the offense Florida has, this is like I said, this is going to be the least Florida Alabama game we've ever seen in in the series history. This is going to be, I mean, over under should be seventy eight, <laughs> so around there, somewhere around there, and I and I, and I take the over. Um, you could get into a situation where the last team of the ball. Wins. Um, and uh, I'm just not gonna count. You can't count Florida's offense out if the defense can keep Florida close. This offense can score on anyone, Alabama included. Absolutely. Uh,
1: C3, Colby, my good friend, the hair says, uh, live by a few codes in college football. Chief, among those, play your best players. Even though we're on track to be nine and one and one to east for me, this sours things. There are four to five players who continue to play have no business playing on this type of Florida team. So Nick definitely goes into your question of of when you asked Dan Mullen about the right side of the uh uh offensive line there. Uh of, a lot of people kind of throw that towards the secondary as well. We we've we've seen that. Uh I guess yeah, I mentioned his name. Good good showing for trading yesterday. Gets yep. his chance with Sean Davis going down on late in the week, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, uh in practice. Rashad Torrance goes down, I think three plays into the game. Trading comes in and tackling machine versus the volunteers
0: more trading please i, I thought we'd see more of them it's, it's just it's just crazy we talked about it last week there's like there, the rotation hasn't been there and last year at safety you'd see you know minimum four guys playing a game and, and unfortunately you didn't have enough help you know enough guys healthy this week but um i think trading can play and it's and, and and maybe he's in the doghouse some um you know it's Dan Mullen even said to us it's you know it's it's probably not fair to him to call him our third our third string safety, but he is. He doesn't yeah. and he plays, you know, his snaps reflect him being a third team safety.
1: Yep. A couple of tweets here, Nick, that kind of go hand in hand. Uh irrigator, uh, irrigator 19 says, uh, this confounds me. Tennessee aside, Florida still tackles poorly. DBs look confused, run game inconsistent. After eight games, it's our who we are. And the Gators mm-hmm. have won the East. My brain melts a little more every week. Go, Gators, SEC East Champs. So, uh, looking at it from both perspectives there. Uh, and Cam the man <laughs> says, uh, the defense and the guy calling the defense looks like they lack pride. Game is in hand, yes, but you still play the last 10 minutes like you don't care if the other team scores. Have some pride. Play the last five minutes like the game is tied for once. So kind of going back to our point of kind of yeah. maybe playing play with some urgency uh, there. Just kind of, for me, just to kind of keep the aggressive mindset.
0: Well, Cam. Cam, Cam went a little farther than us. He, he didn't. We didn't call Todd prideless, <laughs> but, but I, I can't disagree with what he says there. You know, it's it's I um, I I I would have I would be I would probably question Dan Mullen. if Dan was like, no, we care, we don't want them to score in that last minute. I'd be like, sure, doesn't look like it. Sure doesn't look like you care. Yeah, I mean.
1: Perception is reality. Sometimes <laughs> so, yeah. uh, that's the easy way to, to, to get out of that and explain it. So, uh, uh, Jason, a craft says the most uninspired game I've seen in a while. If this team, if this is the team we take to Atlanta, we'll be throttled before halftime. I put this performance squarely on the coaches. I've never been more frustrated after a win. um, Florida once won an SEC East nine to six over Vanderbilt with an Austin Harden field goal. So I think I felt a little bit more frustrated with that one <laughs> than I did than I did. This one
0: here. Um uh that was that was the uh, 14. That was my first trip to to Knoxville. Fifteen. Wasn't it? no, oh, uh,
1: I meant when I meant when beat beat Vanderbilt. Oh beat,
0: Vanderbilt, beat, beat yeah. Vanderbilt, I was thinking I was thinking of the 10-9 game in Knoxville. That was the Will oh, yeah, Mush yeah. champ. That was the Will Mush champ, you know, like Oh, all these people uh, happy to see all these unhappy Tennessee fans leaving.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, and then uh, De Niro Gator says after seven years of Must Champ and McAllen, it's very easy to me to enjoy it. Mullen has a better record than Urban and Spurrier at this point of their careers. Uh Perry Mason says, I agree. We are ahead of schedule with opportunity to play for an SEC championship. That's all I wanted was a chance. Go Gators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last one here, good perspective from the cranky fan. Uh, says the defense over the past month is not the same defense we saw versus Ole Miss and A&M. And I really like this part here, Nick. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good enough. Mm-hmm. So we will, we'll see. As I said, still, Florida didn't play Alabama yesterday. Florida didn't play Alabama last week. Still got a game to play with those guys. Um, you can say right now it may not be good enough, but it it yeah, things happen. You still got a game to play.
0: Yeah, they don't play the game on paper. In um, I mean, on paper, I'm I'm sitting here. I'm I. I started looking at, at I started looking at Alabama after after Jacksonville. So I've been looking at Alabama for yeah, a while. Everybody has, and yeah, can... No, Florida might have. Maybe they come out. Maybe Let's they come out, out in two weeks with the best game plan, and we're like, oh. This is why they barely were or were, were so ho hum the last three weeks. They didn't even watch film on Vanderbilt, Kentucky, or Tennessee. They've only been watching Alabama's game film, and that's it.
1: Yeah, I've had some radio hits just you know within the last week, kind of saying of, look that that. That could be – something like that could be the case here.
0: Um, I'm waiting for I, Kyrie. I'm waiting for Florida to beat Alabama, and Kyrie Campbell goes, yeah, we have been watching Alabama film for a month now. And I'm like, I knew it. Yeah,
1: yeah. like I have. You have. Yeah. Fans have. We have. Everybody looked forward to Florida-Alabama as soon as the clock went final in Jacksonville. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Alabama's next. You, you can't fault the players if they did the same thing. I know it's to say, oh, they're playing the game. They can't do that. Well, everybody else no, yeah. it.
0: If they beat Alabama, then we don't fault them. If you lose to Alabama, then you've been preparing for a month to lose. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh,
1: last thing, last last point here. What are the reasons for it? I think that's kind of what I wanted to wrap this episode up with. What what is the reason for the inconsistent performance Mm -hmm. at times, the lackluster performance at times? Is it working on things and tinkering? not as focused after beating Georgia is the opposition figuring out how to defend Florida better. You know, I think all those things can be true at the same time. Um, We're not really, we don't really know the answer. It's just a lot of guessing at this point. You can hope it's Florida's working on things and they're tinkering and they're not as focused, but I keep going back to, if that is the case, it's not always easy just to flip the switch back the other way. It doesn't work that it doesn't work that way.
0: It's hard. It's hard. I mean, you think about it. since June, the, the, these guys have been going and, and practicing and practicing in and, and the beginning, practicing, not knowing if they're going to be able to play games. Um, we're a long way away from June right now. Um, it's been a really long season and it's just been a grind. And I think human nature, if you get a moment in a game or, or drive or an entire quarter in a game where you can be like, okay, I can let off the gas a little bit right now. Maybe that's it. And I, I don't think it's so much as tinkering with some stuff. Sure, you're gonna be doing that on a week to week basis. Um, I just think it's 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 not focusing in and, and not really, you know, as as they say, straining for you know that full 60 minutes and, and you're seeing that you know play out.
1: Yep, yep. So one more game versus LSU. Remember night game, night game in a swap on Saturday for the final regular season game of this weird, weird, weird 2020 football season that Florida will be SEC East champs of. Nick man, what you got uh, what you got coming up? Uh, I'm assuming you're you start at Gator Territory. Is have your has your first article come out there yet or is it on the way?
0: No, I don't have to write I don't have to write anything. Well, I'm gonna write something today that'll go up, you know, tomorrow, but okay. Uh, not right, not not writing anything today. This is the first Sunday. You know, after a game in like eight years, I'm not writing anything. Got all my stories done. And, uh yeah, my first thing I think will be tomorrow covering Dan Mullen.
1: All right. All right. There we go. Dan Mullen won. Yeah. There we go. Look at it for – uh Nick De La Torre at Gators Territory now. So don't forget that. Don't forget that there. Nick, uh, thanks for hopping on, coming back from Knoxville, getting on here yeah. uh, on Gators Breakdown. You can find Nick at De La Torre on Twitter and at Gators Territory. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. Oh, um, got a shout out to Graham, too. Graham's covering basketball uh, today, so that's why – uh, he did not. Uh, I, should have, I'm out. I should have announced. I should announced that at the no. beginning of the episode. We
0: were we we're just more man than Dan Mullen. We fired Graham. He won't fire Todd. So we fired Graham. That's what it is. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, Graham Hall coming to Gators basketball uh, game right now. So well, he'll be back hopefully uh, with us uh, next week. So for Nick, I'm David, host of Gators Breakdown. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC guys and girls out there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.